welcome to another episode of Triton Nation Podcast, presented by the Pacifica Athletic Network. Uh, I'm your host, Brandon Gonzalez, Director of Athletics and Student Life at Pacific Christian High School. We want to thank uh, Trilogy Financial Studio for letting us use their wonderful space. We're continuously grateful to them. Uh, this week, I'm excited. We have a little bit of an in-house episode, if you will. We have our Director of Sports Performance and Nutrition, Josh Graves, with us. And Assistant Athletic Director of Sports Medicine and Campus Health, Ron Sampson. Thank you guys for being here. Absolutely. Thanks uh, for happy us. to be here. It's Thanks funny. I work with you guys. And Ron, for a split second, I forgot your last name. <laughs> it's, quite a, it's quite all right. <laughs> I've known you like six years now or so. Um, but a little bit so about you guys for maybe our listeners, our viewers. You know, I guess I was going to say I know you guys very well, but apparently I still got to <laughs> get your last name right. But, um, you know, a little bit for those that have uh, know you guys, but don't really maybe know your history and your fields and you know, sports performance, you know, Josh owning Fitness on Fire. Ron, you have been with Pacifica now about six years. Um, you know, you've been, according to my notes, you've been an athletic trainer for 18 years, working uh, Cal Baptist, uh, La Morris College in Texas. Is that right? That's correct, La yes. Morris. Uh, graduated from Long Beach State, went to grad school at University of Texas, Tyler. Um, but, you know, I'll start with Josh, and we'll kind of work way down. You know, Josh, tell us a little bit more about you and your journey and how you landed at Pacifica um, and why you love, you know, what you do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe a lot in coaching, community, and self-development. So for me, the reason I love Pacifica so much is it seems like um, it seems like the community aspect of what Pacifica is building in that small knit community has been um, it really resonates with my my core values personally. So it's been awesome to be a part of that 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 program. Uh, for me, I've owned Fitness on Fire for about six years. I'm in the training space for about 13 years since about 2007. Uh, I was an athlete growing up, played football, primarily is my major sport, uh, ran track, wrestled, tried to dabble in almost everything, but yeah. football was my, my go-to sport. Played a little bit of college football, and then that actually got me into the fitness industry. So i um, been training now again for 13 years or so, and they had the brick-and-mortar actual business that we've owned for about six and yeah. a half years. I got an introduction to Pacifica and got a chance to actually tour you and, uh, and Jeff around, the, yeah. around Fitness on Fire, our facility, a little bit, and... Um, got a chance to get a preview in with the basketball team and some of the athletes for about a month or two, and I think I was able to show Pacifica that we would be able to add some value for the programs by mm-hmm. adding some uh, some strength conditioning for the athletes. Yeah, so, no, it's been, I mean it's been great, and I know for our listeners, this is Josh. This is kind of your first year in the official capacity as a director um, of sports performance, um, kind of guiding our athletes through everything from. Uh, you know, getting faster, getting stronger, kind of helping them, you know, work through injuries. So I know we're really excited and, and I hope our community is just as blessed as we have been as a staff to have you, you know, pouring into their kids' lives. Thank you. Um, you know, Ron, you've been with us a little bit longer, six years now, and you've moved into this kind of admin role for us the last couple of years. Tell me a little bit about maybe like for our listeners, how you found us, your journey, your kind of history with athletic training and what kind of drew you, drew you to that field. So I didn't figure out what I was actually going to do until just about before I graduated from high school. Um, I graduated from a small rural country high school in Oklahoma. Which, oh, God bless you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, no, I loved it. I loved it, actually. Um, the last month of school, we had a career counselor, for lack of a better term, come out. And at the time, um, sports medicine was listed as one of the, the top 10 up-and-coming professions. And I'm like, well, it kind of sounds kind of cool. Yeah. I like sports. And I'm thinking it will keep me interested um, throughout the rest of my life. Uh, I get to help people learn about the body. So I hmm. uh, decided to look into that. Um, looked around for some different sports medicine programs. Landed on Long Beach State. Okay. I was born in California, so I had family out here. So it was kind of natural just to co- want to come back here. Came out, went out to uh, Long Beach State, did my four years, and uh, that kind of started the journey. 
bounced around a little bit in a sense of I decided to go back to grad school and uh, against some of the family wishes, moved to Texas. That wasn't <laughs> the most popular decision, but I uh, went to Texas, uh, Atlanta in East Texas, worked, was there for four years, got a master's degree and uh, got put at a junior college out there, okay. which is where I kind of was on my own as an athletic trainer for the first time and got my feet wet and it was a great experience and loved it. And then uh, relocating back to California, Cal, uh, Cal Baptist University uh, for a couple years. And how I ended up at Pacifica is that between Cal Baptist and Pacifica Christian, I worked in the uh, PT clinical setting for about 10 years. And the last PT clinic that I worked at, the owner of that clinic uh, knew Dr. Robertson. Mm. And at the time uh, he came up to me and said, hey, Pacifica Christian needs some help with the athletic training, you wanna step in? I said, sure. And uh, stepped in, loved it, and it just kind of progressed from just part-time to full-time, and now here I am and love it. To kind of piggyback on what Josh was saying a little earlier, just the culture of Pacifica Christian was very unique mm. to me. I would never seen anything like that, especially mm-hmm. in high school. And to be able to be a part of that um, has just been really uplifting for me, and just I love it. And, you know, you know, my son transferred in senior, and now I have my daughter coming there next year. And, yeah. and as a freshman, I'm just so pumped and Super just glad to be a part of it. It's so. becoming a true family affair, yes, if you will. Um, all right, well, so today's episode, you know, guys, uh, a lot has changed in the last two weeks with high school sports. You guys know this. We talk about it in our leadership meetings. But we thought it would be important for this episode for our listeners, our viewers, not only just in our own Pacifica community, but, you know, Southern California in general. Um, CIF came out and said all outdoor sports can return to play essentially immediately. And now you see schools and kids scrambling to throw together football teams and, and soccer games and you, you name it, lacrosse, water polo, so on. So part of what you know, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on and, and help share is, like, what are safe practices? These kids have been essentially dormant. Some schools have maybe been doing fitness for the last couple months or, or whatnot. But for the majority of our listeners and majority of kids, they really haven't been doing much. I know at Pacifico we've done a good job at keeping our kids active and engaged. But, um, you know, from a sports performance side, you know, what are things kids should be do? What, what are things kids should be focusing on and working on and thinking about? And I know it may vary sport to sport, um, but what should they be doing to help prepare, you know, a football player, we'll stay there, who hasn't really been doing anything and now they're in pads all of a sudden, they got to go play. And then from an ATC standpoint, you know, Ron and sports medicine, like what are things kids should be doing to stay healthy, um, continue to you know, eat right, hydrate, whatever it may be. But that's kind of, you know, what this episode is going to be on. And, you know, Josh, from a sports performance standpoint, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. And then we can kind of matriculate that into maybe, you know, Ron, what you think your thoughts are from a medicine standpoint. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. I think uh, I'll start like philosophically, right? That I think getting the kids first to gauge their expectations as they return to play is probably the first thing we need to do as coaches and professionals. Um because a lot of these kids, they're probably coming back just jonesing to play. Yeah, and first right? off, I'll clap. Like, yes, yeah, <laughs> give us some know, sports. Right? Give us uh, sports. Thank you, everybody. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but a lot of these kids are probably coming back gung-ho, ready to really play and do what they, they love to do most. Um, but they probably aren't taking inventory of how much time they've had off, how much time they've spent seated, um, the positions that they've been sitting in on yeah. Zoom and all those type of things, right? And so I think – First, kind of having those conversations openly with the kids and letting them know it's it's okay. Like Rome wasn't built in a day. Let's mm-hmm. start somewhere, even if that's not 
coming into the weight room for the first time and trying to hit PR lifts and do these very complex movements. Um, my approach has been very simply getting back to just functional movement patterns with the kids. Hmm. I want to see that the kids can squat well, that their ankles still work the way ankles are supposed to work, that their shoulders aren't frozen and stiff and they're not taking these hunchback shapes hmm. from being slouched over Good a desk the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but um, so make sure they can still push well, their shoulders are doing what their shoulders are supposed to do, that they're pulling well, that they squat well, that their ankles are moving appropriately. Mm -hmm. And starting off with some of those simple movement patterns in the weight room has mm -hmm. been our go-to, opposed to bringing them in on the first day and trying to teach them power cleans and heavy deadlifts and heavy squats gotcha. and those kind of things. Because yeah. I think there's just a, um, I heard this explained one time, is the orthopedic cost of exercise. Mm -hmm. I think there is a way to get a benefit with a very small risk if we just start start slow and know that compounding is going to take care of us versus trying to get through one big workout yeah. that's really going to make all the difference. Yeah. I think these kids have a big future in front of them, even though it's been a long year behind yeah. them. Yeah, It kind of makes sense because if you think about, as far as I can remember, I'm sure you guys, you know, out of everything that's gone on, if it's recessions or you know, even fire, whatever it has been like a, an obstacle kids have overcome, it's never been taking away youth sports. Mm. It's never been taking away their ability to even be outside where we have had stay-at-home orders nonstop, right? You can't even go run a cross-country trail without someone stopping you and saying, where's your mask or what are you doing? It, so to, to, to go that far and take away something from kids that typically have that, like mm -hmm. cities went so far as to take basketball hoops off of the public basketball. I was shocked so, the first time I walked to a park. I was like, Oh, they took the rim off? I know, right? <laughs> like, they, the they truly off. stripped away what a lot of these kids, the basic movements that you're talking about, that they could get pretty much anywhere else in the time history mm -hmm. we know of, right? If, you know, schools shut down or there's an earth, whatever catastrophic event that happened, they've always been able to be active. And that is something that I think was taken away. So it's, it's interesting. And it's why we hired you to focus on these small things. Like, can they run? <laughs> Do their ankles work? Um, you know, and to piggyback off that, Ron, I have a question for you. What in your... In your mind, now we've been, Pacific has been kind of active through this for the most part, but right. what could you, if you had to like kind of forecast or what are, what are things kids, what, what is the most common injury, if you will, that you could see coming out of this? Mm -hmm. um, kids who have been dormant for so long and they're like, hey, you know, what, what should I be mindful of? Like what, I don't know if my question is making sense, but. It is. We're going to see a lot of like minor aches and pains, muscle strains um, from kids that have gone mostly dormant to all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Well, for lack of a better term, you know, going a hard week and all of a sudden having to run two miles. Maybe yesterday was a good example. Yeah, I'm so and, sorry. And you can speak into that a little bit more. <laughs> um, it just it, we see it every year anyway. Yeah, uh, kids, and you can you know the kids that have not done anything over the summer. Mm -hmm. um, they just need to start slow, and they have to ease into it. The problem is, is that they feel pressure from their peers, the coaches. Hey, mm -hmm. you need to do this. You need to complete X, Y, Z by a certain amount of time, and so they push themselves. They're going to pull something. They're going to hurt themselves, and they're mm -hmm. going to get set back. And then they're not going to let themselves recover, and they're going to want to get back in a hurry. At least the gamers will. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's typically what we see in, mm -hmm. in that kind of sense, just pulled muscles, aches and pains. Um, and what that leads into is if an athlete is pushing themselves and they don't let themselves fully recover from a little minor injury, that's when you see the injuries uh, increase a little bit and become a little bit more serious. You know, sprained ankles. You know, hurting their knees, hurting their backs, depending on what sport they're in. You know, just it's a compound effect. So the goal here and the message is to they have to start small and you have to ease back into it. You, mm -hmm. Your body has to adjust to the, to the stress that they're about to put on it.
And you can't go from being like this, as Josh was saying, on Zoom meetings for nine months to all of a sudden, hey, we're going to go out and, you know, run full sprints on the soccer field and play a game. Just your body. I'll say the majority of human beings, their body won't work that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What are, what are then for both of you guys, because you kind of touched on it a little bit, Ron, what is, what's your advice for coaches? Some of those coaches, <clears throat> maybe football, who was like, hey, you got six weeks now, and they're like, we're, I see some schedules come out. It's like a game every week, sometimes mm-hmm. less than seven-day recovery. Like, what, um, I mean, what's some advice from both of you, you know, to those coaches who maybe want to hit it hard knowing we only have six weeks or, or four weeks or whatever it may be? Ooh, that's, a, that's a tough one. I think, <clears throat> I think if I was a coach in that position, I, I'm obviously in that, that spirit of FOMO too. Like, I've, I've been missing out on my season and regularity and normalcy and all that. So, obviously, I want to get back to winning as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a part of me that maybe thinks that the message may need, may need to be about thinking about the long-term program opposed to just this one season right now Mm -hmm. because you might blow up a young athlete right now trying to win a ball game that uh, just didn't have the proper time in the lead up to get ready for that sport so maybe there's a return to win that game right now but if that athlete does have something not positive happen for them um, there's going to be a long-term down down trickle effect on the entire program Mm -hmm. for years to come possibly so I think just um I think the idea of Rome wasn't built in a day. I don't think we can just snap our fingers and, and get sports mm-hmm. back immediately the way they were. I think there is going to be some lead-up time for us. Right. I'd probably preach patience, mm-hmm. which will be very difficult for coaches to hear because of the layoff that we've had and the shorter time window that we have to get games in, yeah. like football games in the season. And, of course, you want to win. Everybody wants to win. Maybe some understanding as well that this year is just different. It's a shortened season. There may or may not be CIF playoffs or anything like that. So mm-hmm. other than playing for the kids and playing to play, what are you playing for, mm. right? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> patience, communication. I think most uh, good medical staffs will will preach good communication with the coaching staffs to make sure that everybody's on the same page because you need it. You need a lot of really strong communication between the whatever medical staff you have mm-hmm. with the kids and the coaches involved and the athletes, and the parents for high school kids. There's a lot of communication. And, mm-hmm. and with that, it's just understanding that there's going to be setbacks because kids are going from not doing a whole lot to doing a whole bunch in a short amount of time. Yeah. So and it's, it's going to be very easy to be overwhelmed from the coaching standpoint, from the sports medicine standpoint. The kids are going to be frustrated more. The parents are already frustrated because they're not playing sports. All of a sudden, we have a chance to play. Why can't we go? It's just patience and understanding. Yeah. And maybe a little bit more of a need for um, mobility in these programs, right? So mm-hmm. understanding some of the aches and pains that we're predicting, we're going to see a little bit more of the achy backs. And one of the things I noticed right away when we were doing a lot of – so we were doing a good job trying to keep the kids moving on Zoom and stuff like that over the over the early, long run. Early early, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the immediate needs I understood was these kids have a lot of ability to do a lot of uh, anterior chain work, right? A lot of push-ups, mm-hmm. a lot of front side of their body work, push-ups, squats, lunges. There was only so many push-ups, squats, and lunges we could do when these kids didn't have equipment at home. So everything's so front chain dominant mm-hmm. that um, these kids have been pushing so much. Like, we need to pull more. We need to open these kids up, get their posture right, work on the back side of their body. Mm-hmm. So with some of the aches and pains – um, maybe potentially shoulders being a concern. Like, I think there needs to be some intensity in practice, but maybe a heavier focus on mobility, opening the kids up, doing some exercise that undoes 
the damage that sitting at a desk has for them or playing more video games has for them or doing excessive pushing and body weight workouts mm-hmm. did to them. I think our programs have to undo or unravel some of that too. Yeah. Um, so I think our programs might have to look different in practice than what they looked at before. Well, real quick, you've done a good job with that <clears throat> with creating good dynamic warmups for our teams, which is essential because yeah. you, you, you hit on all that. And the coaches have been very understanding and allowing that to happen mm-hmm. and understanding the importance of it. Um, to uh, achieve what you just said, mm-hmm. you know, good dynamic warm-ups, and understand that also too, some of the practice time may have to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have to kind of relearn some of these things, make sure everybody's good with those particular movements before we get into more um, high-intensity sports-specific stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. What um, what would be some advice? You know, so Pacific Christian, we're very fortunate, we're very blessed to have. Uh, director of sports performance and nutrition and, you know, assistant, you know, AD of sports medicine and campus health and having you know, even Kayla on another athletic trainer. But, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> some of these schools that maybe don't have that, have the people to really be an advocate for these students. It's just, just the coaches even. What are, what are some tips or tricks we can really kind of speak into a coach who maybe has a one coach, two assistants and, you know, 60 kids on a football team? Like how, how what are some advice we can give them and help them understand, you know, that, this is what we think you should do. I don't know if that makes sense in that question. So reach out, um, understanding your limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do that as an athletic trainer. I don't know everything. You know, I have, it was part of my spiel as an early athletic trainer where I would meet teams for the first time. Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm an athletic trainer. There are things I know, other things I don't know. If I don't know, we'll go find out. We'll learn it together. Mm-hmm. But knowing your limitations and, you know, not being afraid to ask for help. Yeah, which can sometimes be uh-huh. a shot to the ego. Like we all <clears throat> totally, think that we totally. know everything and can do everything, right? But being able to realize that we need to—it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. It's okay, reach out, reach out to another school or another coach. The coaches all know each other. They, you know, being around coaches all the time, you guys all have your, you know, cliques of other coaches in other, you know, cities and states. Even reach out, find out what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, communication. That's that's what I would yeah suggest. Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit on something too with one of the things that I've done with a lot of our programs as we've worked with many different athletes over years is I try to figure out what's like the one what's the one thing that I can do that's going to give me the biggest influence or the biggest benefit across the board. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's with every program, sometimes it's something as simple as the warm-up. If I can control the warm-up for a high school sports program, that's something that every athlete touches and crosses. Yeah. So if I could just start the kids with a good warm-up, I may not be covering all the bases that way, but at least I'm – I'm doing something measurably for every athlete that way, mm-hmm. right? So something like establishing a warm-up that's something you really believe in and maybe reaching out to somebody to help you develop that if you mm-hmm. don't have that. That's something you're doing every practice. So there is a compounding effect to that. It's something you're doing that's small, but you're doing it every single practice. So even in the course of six weeks, that's 30 dynamic warm-ups we got to. Yeah. We didn't do 30 hitting drills. We didn't do 30 shooting drills, right? But we got 30 dynamic warm-ups in. Mm-hmm. And that might actually shape these athletes into the shapes that we're looking for. So it sounds like, to, to that point, you know, if our coaches or even coaches out there listening, like, get creative, go online, reach out to, I'm going to say, reach out to Josh, reach out to Ron. Sure. But, but um, you know, some you can get a lot out of a more dynamic warm up other than just like all right guys go stretch and then let's go it's like if that can help it sounds like mitigate the the injury long term you can still get your practice in right we're not saying don't do have a practice but it seems like warm up is maybe like the first place to start 
for right. that that coach who who doesn't have the, maybe the support as most schools you know our school I should right. say has. Um, you know, when it comes to Pacifica athletes, what are what are some of the things maybe um, we don't need to get into any sports specific, but what are some of the goals, Josh, you're setting now as we've we've transitioned right from um, cross country from, you know, the girls volleyball season. I know boys volleyball now got moved again, but maybe what are some of your goals for our athletes as you're now hitting basketball and soccer and tennis and those things are going on um, for this upcoming season? I think, uh, you know, obviously you can't always prevent injury entirely, but I think really trying to mitigate that as much as possible and try to try to foresee a lot of the things that we're predicting right now, I think is the big, the big one. It's not a super tangible goal. I'm a big goal guy. Yeah. So you ask a question like that, I'm thinking like specific, measurable, attainable, time bound, all that stuff. Right. <laughs> but um, for me, part of it is very simply just keeping these kids safe. Yeah. And so I think that, and then we have a young program at Pacifica, right? I mm-hmm. think we have a, we have a few seniors, but it seems like most of the kids were not graduating this year. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, I am trying to think about what the program is going to look like in the next year to two years to three years. So even if I can just get us a good foundation for these athletes this year in teaching them proper movement patterns, getting them out of – you know, there's Zoom postures in their in their video games and whatever else has been going on. Just getting them back into the gym and getting them familiar with um, what I call uh, movement literacy, getting mm-hmm. them to move well, understand movement. I think that's a good place this year, and I think that, that we'll be able to build from that. Um, I've actually taken a lot of the complex lifts out of the weight room, right? So we're not doing a ton of – we're not doing a lot of Olympic lifting or sandbag training or tire flips, and we have all those cool things, but we are going back to just old-school lunges and, and, mm-hmm. and squats. And when I'm talking squats, I'm talking like the goblet squat, yeah, right? Yeah, Using yeah, a light yeah. implement in front of the body. To, so we're – I think more than anything else, keeping the kids safe is my first goal right now. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that if I can keep them safe and get them back acclimated to strength training, mm-hmm. conditioning, um, uh, jumping, sprinting, those kind of things. If we can get them back into the, like getting their, their feet wet, then eventually we'll be able to build from that, that yeah. foundation again. But I feel like our foundation was stripped from us for a little bit. Yeah. So just mm-hmm. to start building from no foundation doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Right. Especially sense? for the freshmen coming in who have never had exposure to a weight training program. Yeah. You know, they're, they're growing, their coordination's a little, little questionable. <laughs> so, building off those foundations they need that uh moving forward yeah. and that will help them later down the road and then trying to sure. find a win for the kids and all that right like yeah, um because yeah, yeah. for the guys like they want to come into the gym and they want to bench press right they want to see how heavy they can go on bench press and that's great and you know we, we sprinkle that in to make sure they get some of what they're they, they want to feel there too um but i think trying to find ways to almost gamify mm. some of these basic things that we're talking about right now to make sure the kids stay interested mm-hmm. even though they're not doing you know barbell snatches overhead or yeah, something i'm not yeah. saying that's actually a part of ever my programs but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get what i'm saying keep it yeah. interesting and find a way to gamify it and it's crazy ron I, I had a we had a zoom workout at some point last year and uh, and our coach, uh, when we finished up, coach was on there with us. He's like, hey, congratulations, freshmen. You just finished your first high school workout. Right. I've had some of our high school freshmen, their very first time working out or being in the weight room was on Zoom with me. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're absolutely right. It's such a different world. So we have yeah. to learn to play by slightly different rules, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of last, last I think, topic uh, we can spend some time on, which it's always a fun one. These kids have been on Zoom, um, a lot of them, in our school and other schools, on Zoom, at home, probably eating whatever the heck they want, mm. <laughs> putting all kinds of non- nonsense in their bodies. Mm. What are, <clears throat> you know, what are, what are, I mean, what do kids got to do now? What do parents need to do to help their kids 
with some eating habits. Hey, you're in, you're back at it now. You're going five days a week. You can't go to Del Taco at eleven o'clock at night and expect to run a four mile test tomorrow. You know what? What are what are what's advice there? What are good things they should put in? You know, carbohydrates, electrolytes, whatever that may be. Um, I love both of your guys' sides on that. Sure. Do you want to start? I would say what I've seen, especially for the female athletes, carbs are not bad and fats are not bad. Mm. It just depends on which type you're putting in your body. Uh, and we've had people come in and speak to our teams. I know we've had meetings about it, and, and you're starting to address that with our programs. It's A lot of it's education and letting the kids know, and the parents for that matter, what they can eat yeah you know it's you know there was that stigma for so many years oh don't eat carbs don't eat carbs we need the we need the fuel source mm -hmm. right need the fuel source to yeah. play sports so Same what, with fat. what are some of those like what are some examples some parents listening right now like wrong what, what, what should i what should i feed my kid they're a basketball player soccer player so when we're thinking carbohydrates think you've got two types of carbohydrates you have simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates so mm -hmm. you have carbohydrates the simple carbohydrates are your bad carbohydrates those are things like your sugars your starches it's a uh, it's it's very fast fuel mm -hmm. and it's uh typically not very nutrient dense right it doesn't mm -hmm. come from nature so your simple carbohydrates are things like your cookies your mm -hmm. um your it's so funny. I don't eat very many simple carbohydrates, so I'm having a hard time thinking of what simple carbohydrates are. Pretty much like any your kind bread, of like pastry, your, sweets. Yeah, your yeah. bread, your pastas, your sweets. Um, those are the carbohydrates we want to try to – and I'm, to your point, I'm not a big fan of eradicating all these things from kids' right. nutrition. Yeah. I think when we start telling kids, like, you can't eat that, you can't eat that, if I tell you stop thinking about the color red – what are you thinking about right mm -hmm. now? You're thinking red, right? It's almost like it, it's like in our nature to respond to that and almost want to eat the thing. Then. Yeah. So yeah. I just try to talk about eat a little bit more of these and a little bit less of these, right? Sure. Um, I'm going to tell you, dude, have some pasta every now and then. Um, enjoy a candy bar if you're a kid. Be a kid. That's fine. Mm. But majority of your food sources should come from nutrient-dense sources. So if we're talking complex carbohydrates, we're talking about things that come from nature, essentially, right? Your vegetables, mm. your, um, your lower glycemic fruits, but let's not even make fruit one of those weird conversations. Let's eat fruit. Let's yeah. eat vegetables. Um, try to go towards browns versus whites when possible. Mm, brown rice, stuff like that. Yeah, brown rice, um, like brown rice pasta. Um, there's all these different variations of pasta mm. you can find now that are almost they almost taste the exact same as pasta. My wife's trying to give me quinoa. Oh, good lord! Uh, no way. On that Do one. it, bro. Do it, bro. <laughs> it's good. It's actually an Aquarius. Actually, uh, good for you, bro. I actually had. I'm, I'm my people listening to me a hard time. We actually had. Um, um, oh, what are they called? They're vegan hot dogs, more or less. All nature-based hot dogs. Like and the Beyond Meat. Beyond, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. I'm not going to lie. I had to put a lot of ketchup on it. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but sorry. Go, no, 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 you're, you're good. I think these are all great conversations. I think uh, protein is just very simply, let's start like at a base level, right? You have three major macronutrients. You have your fats, your proteins, and your carbohydrates. So we talked about carbohydrates a little bit. Carbohydrates are your chief source of fuel. We need carbohydrates for athletes mm -hmm. specifically. Um, your fats aren't bad for you. Um, there's three types of fats. I won't go super deep on all this stuff, but primarily the good fats are, again, fats that come from nature. These yeah. are things like your nuts, your seeds, um, maybe some of your oils, like your olive oils, uh, your extra virgin olive oils, yeah. um, coconut oil, some of those good fats, mm -hmm. and then proteins right we talk about proteins being the building blocks of muscle so if we want um, our kids to get stronger and to recover well then mm. they need to be getting an ample source of protein and recovering and, well is probably most important now considering how long they've been off and how fast mm. everybody's moving 
And that's the cheat yes. code. If I can if I can crush the game in nutrition, then my kids are going to recover sooner. Mm-hmm. They're going to get the benefit from all the work that they're doing in the on the fields, on the courts, in the weight room, etc. Mm-hmm. So that's the cheat code is let's get them on a let's get them on a great nutrition plan. And if they're eating good, they're going to see better benefits yeah. in a shorter time. Yeah. Right? Cuz kids nutritionally always been terrible eaters, yeah. right? I had a kid the other day walk at the gym with a, with a bag of sour patch and a soda. <laughs> I want to ask what student that is, but we're not going to put him on the spot. Uh, So, well, and I will add to that for our listeners, you know, Pacific Christian, Josh and Ron, you know, and Mariah with some graphics on it have been putting together a Triton fuel guide um, that Mm -hmm. will go out on our website, athletic website very shortly. And I want to encourage, you know, our listeners and our viewers, those that, um, aren't even in our community, go on to pacificathletic.org. It's under the resource tab and take a look at the fuel guide. Josh and Ron have put a great thing together um, answering some of these questions. What should we eat? How should we stay healthy? How should we recover properly? So I, I know you guys have put a lot of work in that, you know, Josh specifically you know, mm-hmm. on that. So thank you um, for that. You know, Ron, any final thoughts on nutrition um, as we're kind of hitting our time here? Um, from these kids, maybe sort you know, Josh touched a little bit about like maybe what to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, you primarily are with these kids. You know, what should they be drinking? Because kids are showing up with. I had a soccer girl show up with a Starbucks right before practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like ugh, you don't want to be putting that in your body. You know, what are what are some of the liquid side of things they should right? Be so you can never go go wrong with water. Um, and these kids will not drink water. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, e- even the practices that we've had or the workouts that we've had recently. Kids are coming to me, hey, do you have a water cup? I didn't bring a water. Do you have a water bottle? It's like, how do you show up n- without even a water bottle? You're an athlete. <laughs> um, making sure you're staying hydrated with water. You know, the sports drinks are tough. I mean, there's a lot of sugar in those. I don't push those very much. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have a normal season, I do have Gatorade out for the kids just for that instant, you know, sugar rush for a game or something like that. Yeah. But <clears throat> I mainly just push water, drink a lot of water. I, I know people that don't like water. That's a tough one. Your body's like what ninety percent water. Or exactly. Like that. Sprinkle some lemon in there. Or <laughs> yeah, like you that. flavor you it. There's diffusers. Diffusers. Nice. Exactly. So yeah. um, I do know that when kids are dehydrated, their performance goes down. Then they they start mentally getting in their head about it. They're like, why am I not performing? Or why am I hurting? Why am wow. I tired? Like, what would you have to eat and drink today? What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> sour patch kids and you know Soda. coke. That's it. No, like. So it comes back to the educational part, yeah. you know. Is the myth of, like, you know, after a tough workout, running to 7-Eleven and picking up a Gatorade, like, does that really do anything? Is, is that is it just better just, like, you know, get get some, you know, high electrolyte water or something like that with high pHs? Or, I, I would know. always push the water. I mean, the Gatorade, you're replenishing some of your carbs. I mean, Gatorade's been around a long time. There's a lot of science behind it, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's, you know, don't do we it. We can talk about Powerade. That's just, that's new if you want. No, I'm just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's just there's just usually so much sugar in those. And I know they have products now where they have their product with the zero sugar. Yeah. So if you're going for you know just to pick me up in the in the car, for those kids I that guess. don't like water. But that, like, then I I, I might caution there though too because then I think a lot of these drinks are sweetened with like aspartame and, and yeah. some of these things too. I think. Um, with electrolytes, I think the big benefit for this concept of I need something to drink after a workout has mm-hmm. been about really. When you sweat, you're not just losing water, yeah. right? You're sweating Salt, out like nutrients, all, yeah. your, your electrolytes. And so your body isn't going to hold on to water very well unless you replenish those electrolytes. So 
Um, they have things like now you have like the noon tablets. Mm. The noon tablets are really good, right? No sugar. They're an electrolyte. Yeah, so that's something you can drop in the water. The packets. And also whatnot. may help if you don't love the flavor of water, right? The noon tablets are like different flavored and whatnot. So you can find some of those. And then I'm a big fan. Like I start my day every day with a little bit of lemon, some pink Himalayan salt and some water. It's the first thing that goes into my body every day. Mm. Super simple mixture. I don't do enough salt that it gags me, but lemon, pink Himalayan salt and water. So I'm starting my day with electrolytes, right? Mm. So, and if you're eating a nutrient dense collection of food, then your electrolytes are found in bananas and almonds and some of these other sources. So maybe it's not as necessary to supplement those things if you're doing a good job on the front and eating mm-hmm. well. There you go. If that makes yep. sense. Yeah. Totally. Last myth. We're gonna you're gonna bust a myth here, and then we're out of time. So when I was in college, my college coach, somebody would cramping, he'd have a bunch of mustard packs, mm-hmm. and then he go here, take a mustard pack. So you would go, and then apparently your cramps go away. Is that just a myth? Is that is that actually work? I can't recall. I can't remember. You got it? No, go ahead. I'll let you go first, and I'll tell you what I've seen. This will be interesting. We might have a different opinion. One hundred percent not a myth, in my opinion. You think it works? I think it works. Uh, mustard and pickle juice. Pickle juice. Pickle juice, pickle juice yes. is the two go tos. Um, I've heard that very simply. Sometimes, and I think cramps is cramping is still. Um, from everything I've done research on, it's still not that well understood. Yeah. So I think um, I think one of the ideas is that there's like a neurological misfire, right? That there's like a jumbling of communication huh. going on in that muscle group. And so sometimes I think the concept with the mustard or the uh, pickle juice is you have more nerve endings in the tongue than anywhere else in the human body. Mm-hmm. So when you put something that shocks the the nervous system by introducing something to the nerves, it kind of resets whatever misfiring of communication is huh. going on. So it's like a distraction from the cramping. And uh, so we see it a lot because I, I train a lot of people yeah, for Spartan yeah. races and distance run stuff. And uh, cramping is inevitable yeah. in some of these 13-mile Spartan races. Ron, what do you think? Myth or real? No, I, I would agree with Josh. I have, I have not seen any research to, to think otherwise. And working in Texas, they were real big on, especially in football, having jars of pickle juice and mustard packets on the sidelines. Guys are camping. You know, hit them with pickle juice. When it's <laughs> right? Hot out there. I so what this falls under, for me, like, if it works for you, fantastic, we're going to do it. I don't think there's anything harmful about it. Hmm. Um, if it helps you recover, and, of course, you're chasing that down with some water anyway. Yeah, usually. I hope so. <laughs> right? Uh, so, uh, and it helps you get back to what you need to do. I'm all for it. Okay. So what you're saying is we need to put in the budget for next year a line item of mustard and pickle juice. Or the, ne- or the next time you go through your fast food line to save your mustard packets. Oh, good Lord. Okay. See the sponsorship I, 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 I'm trying to cut back on the fast food. Well, guys, <laughs> hey, thank you guys for being here. We all got a lot to do and, and programs to run, but I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate our listeners and those that were um, tuning in. I want to thank um, well, thank Mariah, first of all, Sports Information Director. Thank you. Uh, Mark, our producer. Uh, please visit us on Instagram, like us on our social media. If it's Twitter, subscribe on YouTube. Um, and you can always check out the Trident Fuel Guide on PacificaAthletics.org. Uh, until next time, be safe, everyone.